Welcome back to our study of 1 Kings. We are in 1 Kings chapter 13 this week, and we are picking up in the second half of chapter 13. Last week we saw at the beginning of chapter 13 that a man of God, a prophet, came to Jeroboam and he basically prophesied the overthrow of the false religion that Jeroboam had set up in the northern kingdom of Israel. Remember, he had two golden calves, one in the southern part of his kingdom in Bethel, one in the northern part of his kingdom in Dan, for the people of Israel to go and worship so that they wouldn't go back to Jerusalem and their hearts be turned back to Rehoboam, the son of David, who was king there in Judah. And so this prophet came and he cried out against the altar and he said that there was uh, gonna come a son of David named Josiah and uh, it says in uh, verse 2 of chapter 13 that uh, he shall sacrifice on you that is on the altar the priests of the high places who make offerings on you and human bones shall be burned on you so the altar is going to be desecrated the priests are going to be destroyed it's essentially an overthrow of that religion and there were some signs that came along with that to confirm that this was a true prophecy from the Lord that these things would take place Jeroboam uh, his own hand dried up so that he couldn't draw it back um, when he said for uh, people to uh, seize this prophet who had come and spoken these words. And so he asked for the prophet to pray for him and he received mercy and his hand was restored, but he didn't repent. And he invited this prophet to stay and eat with him, but the prophet said that God had forbidden him to eat bread or drink water uh, there and that he was supposed to return home. So, so far, so good. But beginning in verse 11, things take a very strange twist. Verse 11 says, Now an old prophet lived in Bethel, and his sons came and told him all that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. They also told to their father the words that he had spoken to the king. And their father said to them, Which way did he go? And his sons showed him the way that the man of God who came from Judah had gone. And he said to his sons, saddle the donkey for me. So they saddled the donkey for him and he mounted it. And he went after the man of God and found him sitting under an oak. And he said to him, are you the man of God who came from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said to him, come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with you or go in with you. Neither will I eat bread nor drink water with you in this place. For it was said to me by the word of the Lord, you shall neither eat bread nor drink water there, nor return by the way that you came. And he said to him, I also am a prophet as you are. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord saying, bring him back with you into your house that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied to him. So he went back with him and ate bread in his house and drank water. So, one of the first things we encounter in this second half of chapter 13 is a lying prophet. So this prophet lives in Bethel and his sons tell him about what's just taken place in Bethel that day about the prophet who came and what he said and uh, the prophet, this other prophet, the older uh, prophet apparently, um, he uh, asks his sons which way this man went and goes and tracks him down and finds him and he invites him to come and eat bread with him. And the prophet says, no, I can't do that. God told me not to do that. 
And the old prophet, the prophet from Bethel, said, Oh, but an angel spoke to me and told me that God said that you are to come and eat bread with me. Um, I also am a prophet as you are. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord saying, Bring him back with you into your house. But it says very plainly, but he lied to him. So what are we supposed to do with that? Is this man a real prophet? Calls him a prophet. He says he's a prophet. But it's clearly saying to us that even though he's pretending to prophesy, he's made this up. He's lying. So we have a lying prophet speaking to a man who so far has been a faithful prophet. Right, so what are we supposed to do with that? Well, how does the prophet from Judah know that this prophet from Bethel is really a prophet? Remember the prophet who came from Judah and spoke against the altar, he had a sign that went along with his prophecy to confirm and demonstrate that he was truly speaking by the Lord. Not everybody who claims to speak for God does speak for God. Um, and so how is this prophet from Jerusalem supposed to know if this prophet from Bethel is speaking the truth or not? We know that he's not because the, the, the story tells us that he's lying. How does the prophet from Judah know if this man is supposed to be speaking uh, the truth or not? Right. Um, one uh, commentator, uh, the, the uh, commentary I was reading about this passage uh, I mentioned before from Dale Ralph Davis, um, he mentions the fact that you know we have a lot of people telling us um, you know God told me this, God told me that. Um, how do we know God really told them? what they're saying that God told them. How do, we dis- how do we discern those things? Can we discern those things? Um, that's some of what this story helps us to think about, right? And to process. So how's the prophet from Judah going to respond to this? Uh, well, verse 19 that we read says that he went back with him and ate bread in his house and drank water. So he trusted him. He went along with what he said. Is that going to work out well for him or is that going to go badly for him? Was he right to believe this man who claimed to be speaking in the name of the Lord or was he wrong? Well, verse 20 says, And as they sat at the table, the word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back. And he cried to the man of God who came from Judah, Thus says the Lord, Because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept the command that the Lord your God commanded you, but have come back and have eaten bread and drunk water in the place of which he said to you, Eat no bread and drink no water, your body shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. So now this old prophet who has lied to the prophet from Judah, now the word of the Lord comes to him and he speaks a genuine prophecy. And it is a word of judgment. He pronounces God's judgment on the prophet from Judah for listening to the lying prophecy that he spoke just a few verses earlier. See, this is a strange story. This prophet at one moment, lied, and at another moment, 
spoke a genuine prophecy. That's not something that we're used to, but it's something we find in the Bible. How do we understand that? How do we explain that? Can we understand that? Uh, again, it might make us kind of scratch our heads a little bit. But here's something that we can learn from this. Right? The prophet from Judah knew what God had spoken to him. Right? He knew what God had told him not to do. He did not know whether or not God was speaking by this prophet from Bethel. That uh, same commentator, Dale Ralph Davis, mentions maybe the fact that this prophet was from Bethel, where this golden calf was being worshipped, and yet, um, you know, he wasn't crying out against um, this idol, right? Um, anyway, he says, because this older prophet was from Bethel, Maybe that should have made him suspect. Maybe that should have um, caused this prophet from Judah to assume or at least wonder uh, if he might not have been compromised. Right? So um, he knew that God had spoken to him and given him a word to speak and given him a command to obey. And yet when this other prophet, this older prophet, claimed to speak from the Lord, the prophet from Judah, he didn't know if that was a genuine prophecy or not. And yet he listened to it, and obeyed it, even though it contradicted what he knew God had told him. So we're not going to find ourselves in that exact situation, likely, right? Um, we're not prophets, and we're not likely to be commissioned with a prophecy and receive a counter-prophecy and have to discern all that. But here's what does happen to us. We know what the Bible says, we know what God commands us to do in his word. But sometimes we will hear somebody say, God told me this, or maybe even God told me to tell you this. Or we may have some kind of impression or feeling or thought that maybe God is telling us something directly. And that thing that somebody else is claiming God is saying to them or to us, or that thing that we think God might be saying to us, contradicts what we know God said in the Bible. What are we to do? We go with what we know God has said. And what you know God has said is what is written in the book, what is in the Bible. Right, so no matter who it is, right? Whether it's you or somebody you trust, if you feel like God is telling you something or somebody else says that God is telling them something and it contradicts the Bible, whatever you're thinking or they're saying is from God is wrong. If it contradicts scripture, it's wrong. The Bible is what we know God has said and that's what we have to go with above all. Alright? So, this prophet from Judah, he didn't do that, and now he's in trouble. He, a word of judgment has been pronounced on him from this prophet. Right? And so what happens next? Verse 23, And after he had eaten bread and drunk, he saddled the donkey for the prophet, that is the older prophet from Bethel, saddled it for the prophet from Judah, whom he had brought back. And as he went away, the prophet from Judah, as he went away, a lion met him on the road, and killed him. And his body was thrown in the road, and the donkey stood beside it. The lion also stood beside the body. 
And behold, men passed by and saw the body thrown in the road and the lion standing by the body. And they came and told it in the city where the old prophet lived. Now, this is the kind of thing that just doesn't normally happen, right? This lion kills the prophet from Judah, but he doesn't do anything else. He doesn't kill the donkey. He doesn't do anything with the body of the man that he's just slaughtered. He just sits there. And the donkey doesn't run away, right? The donkey stands there with the dead body and the lion. Right, so this is um, a strange event, right? Again, I'm leaning heavily on Dale Ralph Davis for this. His comments on this were super helpful. Um, and you know, he points out that this indicates that this is a judgment of God. This, God has acted here. That's why everything is acting so strange. Right? This is a, a sign, right? This is indicating that this prophet... Um, has been judged by God. This is not a, just a random event. Um, this is God acting. Um, everything, of course, is under God's control. In that sense, nothing is random, but this is particularly uh, significant, this event that has happened, right? So the old prophet hears about this. Verse 26, And when the prophet who had brought him back from the way heard of it, he said, it is the man of God who disobeyed the word of the Lord. Therefore, the Lord has given him to the lion, which has torn him and killed him, according to the word that the Lord spoke to him. And he said to his sons, Saddle the donkey for me. And they saddled it. And he went and found his body thrown in the road, and the donkey and the lion standing beside the body. The lion had not eaten the body or torn the donkey. And the prophet took up the body of the man of God and laid it on the donkey and brought it back to the city to mourn and to bury him. And he laid the body in his own grave. And they mourned over him, saying, Alas, my brother. And after he had buried him, he said to his sons, When I die, bury me in the grave in which the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones. For the saying that he called out by the word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel and against all the houses of the high places that are in the cities of Samaria shall surely come to pass. So the very prophet who deceived the prophet from Judah, who lied to him, which um, because that prophet listened to this lying prophecy, he experienced God's judgment and was put to death by a lion. Uh, th this prophet who deceived him goes and gets his body, mourns him, buries him in his own tomb, and then gives his son's instructions to bury him alongside this prophet whenever he dies. Why does he do that? He explains that the prophecy that the prophet from Judah made against the altar and against Jeroboam's false religion is going to come to pass. He was a true prophet. He spoke the word of the Lord, and God is going to fulfill what he spoke by that prophet. So we have an old prophet in Bethel who lied, pretending to speak for the Lord, but then spoke a true prophecy, and then uh, asserted that the prophet that he had deceived had spoken a true word from God. And we have a prophet who comes to uh, Bethel, proclaims the word of the Lord, proclaims the, the word of judgment God gave him to speak, then is deceived and sins by listening to a prophet 
rather than listening to what God has spoken to him, and he's judged, and yet he's a true prophet. One of the things that communicates to us right, is that prophets were not perfect. Prophets were not sinless. Prophets may speak the word of the Lord in one moment, but then do something wrong in another moment. And that doesn't mean that they weren't ever a prophet or what they said wasn't true. They're still human. They are sinners and they can do and say things that are wrong. Even though at times God speaks through them things that are true. Another thing it reminds us, right, is as we said earlier, is we need to be careful and discerning about who we listen to, what we listen to. And we need to make sure that we are listening mainly to what we know God has said, which is what, the, what we find in the Bible, right? And that anything that contradicts what we know God has said in the scripture, we should refuse to listen to. All right, now let's close with these last two verses, 33 and 34. After this thing, Jeroboam did not turn from his evil way, but made priests for the high places again from among, the, among all the people. Any who would, he ordained to be priests of the high places. And this thing became sin to the house of Jeroboam, so as to cut it off and to destroy it from the face of the earth. So Jeroboam refused to repent. He persisted in his idolatry and in uh, promoting his rival religion that he had set up against the Lord. And this is trouble. This is sin. This is going to bring about the downfall of Jeroboam's own house. And uh, we will see that unfold as we continue through the book of 1 Kings. We will see... Lord willing, uh, the word of the prophet from Judah come true all the way in the book of 2 Kings in the reign of Josiah, if we make it that far, and hopefully we will. And so in the meantime, again, we just learn from this passage, it is vital that we obey the Lord and that we are careful who we listen to because not everyone who claims to speak for the Lord is actually speaking the truth. See you next time.